Well, good day, everybody. Pastor Tim Cuscott here, Christian Center Shreveport, in our daily podcast. We've made it to Hanukkah 5783-2022. Today we're going to talk about, is Hanukkah a prophetic feast? And see what the Lord is saying to us in this hour. Let's be thankful for what the Lord's done for us. That's what Hanukkah is about. Celebration. All right, let's listen in. There, I, I think of Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, welcome. It's uh, Monday. It's the 19th day of December, 2022. We are entering the season of Hanukkah or the Feast of Lights or Festival of Lights or Festival of Dedication, as it was called in John chapter 10, that Jesus appeared. If you didn't get to, I uh, spoke on it on Sunday yesterday uh, during the sermon about John 10 and it being assigned to us. I think the main message I was trying to release and hopefully it came across is that Hanukkah is a perpetual feast we're living in. And maybe this week I'll get into some of that. But uh, we are in this feast because he is the light that came and he's always the oil, the always the light that keeps burning No matter what, even when we're out of energy and we're discouraged, he keeps burning. He's the burning one. That's why it says in Psalms, the Lord uh, who watches Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Okay, so this is a beautiful picture. Well, I want to give the prophetic significance for us today. Is Hanukkah prophetic? And let's delve into that a little bit and give you a background. I've taught on it many times, and most of you on this this podcast, uh, I know most of your backgrounds. You're going to know this story, but I just want to build off of it, of uh, what it is speaking for the future. The, the history of this, this feast is found in a book called Maccabees. It's not a canonized book. It's a historical book and a very common red book. Uh, the fact that they were celebrating the Feast of Dedication that Jesus appeared to in the New Testament tells you that they had remembered that event of the uh, victory that happened there. And so after the close of the Hebrew Scriptures in the Old Testament, many in Israel and Judea fell away from the faith. So compromise was, sadly to say, um, the norm among many of the people in Israel. And so a majority of God's people there embraced what we call Hellenistic culture, to their age. Yeah, they're Jews by birth, but they lived as Greeks. They lived as the Romans would have lived. So before long, even the priesthood grew corrupt. And when the priesthood grows corrupt, uh, you can pretty well tell the entire society will go that way. And we see that in the story of King Saul. 
when the people asked for a king, it was right after the corruption of Eli and his sons, the high priest. The priesthood had grown corrupt. And the people just like, well, you know, give us a king. So the chosen people had abandoned the, the biblical lifestyle and, and started moving into pagan hedonism. And so the few that remained faithful to God's word were persecuted by others, by what we'd say at that time was the liberal Jews. And that's kind of what we're seeing in the world right now, isn't it? The, the true believers are being persecuted by liberal Christians. We had an election here in America between uh, a guy who called himself a minister, Warnock, but has no semblance of being a man of God, nor believing scripture. He literally misquotes scripture and twisted. And then you have Herschel Walker, another candidate, ran for Senate, and he was very godly. I was on prayer calls with him. Amazing man of God, loved the Lord, loved his word. And there were ministers, high-level ministers in America, mainly in the African-American community, because both candidates were African-American, that were saying things on national television that basically if you didn't vote for Warnock, the, un, the unrighteous one, if you didn't vote for him, we would question your salvation. And on and on it went. And just mocking Herschel. Uh, so what we saw was a corrupt priesthood, if you want to call it that. And then the people will abandon the godly lifestyle. And as a result of this, it's not much different than what we see today in the world, especially us in the West, uh, where conditions in Israel were ripe at that time for an anti-God leaders and policies to be set in. And we're seeing that. So in 17, one, I'm sorry, 175 to 164 B.C., the, the Seleucid, which is the Greco-Syrian Empire, uh, um, the leader named Antiochus IV, Antiochus Epiphanes, he called himself, rose to power across the Middle East. And in prophesied, as it was prophesied in Daniel 7 through 12, Antiochus sought to rule the whole then-known world of one people. With great arrogance he did this, and he named himself what I, I said earlier, Epiphanes, which means manifest God. This guy had such arrogance to do that. And he made it illegal, the, the governing body, the president, whatever you want to call it, emperor of that time, to preach, to teach the word by punishment of death if you did it. So with widespread, all these tortures that they were doing, it was aimed at destroying the worship of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That was the goal. And that crisis reached a tipping point when Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated the temple. And we see that in Daniel 9, 27. Now, remember, that's, that's right after it talks about how the enemy changes times and laws to wear down the saints. And so the saints had been worn down at that time. And at that time, there was this group of people, the Maccabee people. They were a family of priests, and they rose up to resist. That's you and I. We have got to be Maccabees in this hour. And eventually they defeated Antiochus Epiphanes. And the ruler himself died, he natural cause. But he, it, was a, it was a weird death, and I don't want to get into that. It was a kind of a supernatural death that it occurred. But let's talk about the prophetic of this feast, at least a portion of it today. There's so many prophetic insights to it. But Jesus refers to the prophecies about him in the book of Daniel, Antiochus I'm talking about. And his disciples, which was in Matthew 24, 
a second Hanukkah-like fulfillment would occur not long after his death. He was prophesying this in Matthew 24 and after his resurrection. And so that happened in A.D. 70. The temple would, was desecrated again, just like it was at the time of the Maccabees. It was even destroyed, and Israel would be overrun, which it was. But another consummate fulfillment of portions of Daniel 7 through 12 would take place shortly before what we call the Messianic Age. And again, the temple would apparently be desecrated according to Matthew 24, 15. And at that time, the spirit of Antichrist would embody a human form until it was defeated by the Ancient of Days. This is talked about in Daniel 7, 22 and Revelation 19, 11 through 20. So some Christians have struggled with these prophecies, trying to squeeze them all into one fulfillment there. Usually they try the 80-70 fulfillment. But most teachers, and, and really wise, I think, theologians, find many, full, I do this way, multiple fulfillments and manifestations and, and varying levels of history. I believe it, it has many implications and can be digested in different ways. And so they reflect the same principle, the worship and reign of, of the Lord is always going to be contested on the earth, and it still is. However, the people of God will and are, are going to be victorious when and however he wants to do it when his kingdom comes. So these Maccabees, they were a tiny little band of priests. They seemed insignificant, really, at the time. They were such a small group. Though they were outnumbered, they clung to the word of God. And they rallied others to him. That's our responsibility. So prophetically, we can look at this feast and say, that's our call to rally others to the Lord. So they repented on behalf of Israel and embraced a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. That's what we're doing right now. I'm repenting for my nation. I'm fasting for my life, my, my nation. You know, I'm trying to live a fasted lifestyle, if you want to call that, and just say, God, please. Uh, you know, break me, humble me for my nation. So the family of priests learned how to battle militarily. Somehow they learned to be vigilant that way. As the Bible says, the violent take it by force. So they endured all sorts of tortures, but they didn't love their lives unto death, which is our responsibility when we have the testimony of Jesus in our lives. So God used this little group of people to preserve the Jewish faith, the Jewish people, the biblical faith, preparing the way of Messiah's first coming. And we're preparing the way for the second, obviously. So their faith is so stirring that in the New Testament scriptures, we see an honor of their heroism. Many believe, according to the scripture and their martyrdom, Hebrews 11, 35 through 38 is describing them. It doesn't name them by name, but most believe that's who it was talking about. So we see the prophetic significance now. We are rising up to take back our earth for the kingdom of God. So the Maccabees story would not be complete without mentioning about 30 years after their victory that they had too become very corrupt again. And the, sadly, after those, they got their positions of power in the land. They, and, you know, they, they were dedicated to the Lord, but eventually just faltered again. But that end doesn't need to be ours. So the, the, the story being prophetic by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit in this day that we're in, the last day's bride of Messiah, that's you and I. Are you with me? 
Do you agree with me that's who you are? I believe it is. I believe that's the group I'm talking to. We'll overcome the blood of the Lamb with the word of our testimony, and we're going to shine like the brightness of heaven. That's what it talks about in Revelation 12 and Daniel 12. And according to the history, the Jews regained control of the temple. They found it in that story of that one cruise of oil, and it was significant enough to last for eight days. And that's the, the beauty I tried to share Sunday. As it burned for those days, it is that whole thing that we take that oil that he gave us and we burn no matter what. That's what is, is mandated after the Feast of Tabernacles in, Gen- in Leviticus 24. The high priest Aaron is told to burn the oil of the menorah perpetually. And so many today around the world, especially Jewish people, they, they celebrate the dedication of the first and second temples of God the original meaning or original Hanukkah means dedication and is celebrated as a type of a delayed feast of tabernacles to rededicate the temple. So Hanukkah is known as a feast of dedication or the festival of lights. And since then, many celebrate this special, special holiday, which I do. We try to. We're not trying to keep a law or anything. We're just celebrating it. And, you know, there's eight branches instead of seven on the Hanukkah menorah, which is not really what it was. But the extra branch, the ninth, is called the servant, the shamash. It ignites the remaining eight. So the branch, the servant, which is Jesus, the Messiah, is what lights all of us up. <laughs> on the seven-step uh, stick menorah, same thing. The Spirit of the Lord is in the center, and then he lights the other uh, six. So that's a, that hasn't changed. And so this is a foreshadowing of these spirits that are in this earth right now, the Antioch's epiphanies of today's that want to annihilate us. We have the right to rise up because our Lord is the true light of the world. He's incarnated and he's incarnate and he's doing among us what we call the festival of lights. We are that festival of lights. And this is a new place in the Lord. Eight is a continuation after perfection. And that is what we're doing on this podcast today, and we want to do with each one of you, is we want to continue burning with what he burned in us. So this week, and for the rest of your life, remember what Hanukkah represents. Jesus brought both Jew and Gentile together, one new man in Messiah, and he gives us the oil of the Spirit, and he said he's our great high priest, according to Hebrews 3, and he perpetually Let's this oil come to us so that we don't ever run out, so that we will burn. All we have to do is light our fires and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to put my light out for all to see. I'm going to let it shine. That's what we sing Sunday morning. Make that a declaration over your life today. I'm going to shine wherever I go, no matter what. Thank you, Lord, for Hanukkah. Thank you, Lord, for the Festival of Lights that I have oil that I can burn perpetually before you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord. I bless each and every one that listens today. In the name of Yeshua, amen, amen. All right, come back tomorrow. Well, thanks again for listening. And this week, we'll be sharing the story of Hanukkah a little bit as we're on our break preparing for our Christmas service on the 23rd, Friday night. 
as we'll be celebrating. So you can check that out on our platforms, Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble, and you can watch our live stream. We thank you for listening each and every day, especially when we do our noon times, when we pray and ask you to pray with us for our nation and for whatever God is doing in the earth prophetically. All right, bless you. Keep visiting our sites and come back again tomorrow.